0: everyone and welcome back to this bonus series of the She Can, She Did podcast, solely focused on the theme We Can, We Will, weather this COVID-19 storm as business owners that is. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did and the one asking all the questions in these chats. Before I introduce today's guest, I am so pleased to say that this bonus We Can, We Will series is now sponsored by Tide Business Current Accounts, a.k.a. the business account that I've used and loved ever since I made the switch to being a limited company at the end of 2018 and finally sorted myself out with a proper company current account. If you haven't come across TideJet, it's a business current account dedicated to startups, entrepreneurs and freelancers, which makes managing your business's finances a whole lot more simple than Ard envisioned when I first launched She Can, She Did. It didn't come as a surprise to me, therefore, when I learned that in recent weeks, they've set up a really useful hub dedicated to providing help and support for small businesses during the coronavirus outbreak, which you can find by heading to www.tide.co/ Blog forward slash coronavirus, or by following the link in this episode's show notes, of course. From finding out how other businesses have overcome the paralysis to their industries in order to keep moving forward, what small businesses in Spain want all of us here in the UK to know about surviving the coronavirus, to some good old tips and tricks for working at home more productively, you can find all the latest news, updates, and help dedicated specifically to small business owners there, which will update as the current climate evolves, of course, too. With so much noise out there at the moment, they've also provided digestible information on all all of the government support for business owners in the form of a really simple coronavirus government support eligibility checker. Bit of a mouthful, I know, but it really is useful and is void of all the fancy financial jargon that I don't know about you, but I find so confusing at times. Essentially, it's a chatbot that asks you a few simple questions about your business and then directs you to the right support that's tailored to your business's needs. Basically, it's pretty great. You can find the link in the show notes below, but I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to TIDE for their support. And really do hope that you find the hub that they've set up as useful as I did. With that said and done, today's episode is with the wonderful Lauren Saunders, a founder of Wild Thing, the popular plant-based cafes with social goals that are situated in the two districts of Cardiff that are Grangetown and Catay's. I'm hoping I pronounced that right, Catay's. <laughs> Having first heard Lauren's story when she spoke at the first Cardiff Midweek Mingle last October, I remembered that she'd taken out a business loan to launch both cafes. And with overheads in the form of rent and a team of 12 to look after two, I wanted to catch up with Lauren to find out what impact the imposed closure of cafes like hers has had on her plans for Wild Things so far and how she's adapted her business model and adjusted to this new way of living behind the scenes. I personally walked away from my laptop after recording this, feeling so reassured by what Lauren had to say. So I really do hope that you find her story to be as comforting as I did.
1: I think um, it was the week of the 16th of March that things started to like really be affected the the few weeks before that like I'd spoken to other businesses and they were like how are you finding it and like things hadn't really been affected except for when I think the Saturday before the sales were slightly lower um and then on the 16th of March that week was when everything like really changed um we started that week thinking yeah it's just another normal week we had a new menu in our cafe and côté's, we had a new chef who was starting on that Monday and we were supposed to be um, extending our opening hours and cafes the following weekend. So the week started like, yeah, just any other week. And then that evening it was announced that um, like encouraging members of the public not to go to cafes and restaurants, but they hadn't been officially closed at this point. So from that moment, it was like, okay, now we need to just really quickly respond to what's been said so it just felt like that week was very much adapting your business model every single day depending on what the announcement had been the night before with like the prime minister announcements at five o'clock every day Um, so it was very quick like okay let's just adapt so the first thing we did was we launched like a community shop in the cafe we thought Lots of people weren't able to go to supermarkets. It's when you were seeing all the pictures on social media of like the shelves empty and we have a straw cupboard full of really good food. So we set up a little um, shop. We took half of the seats away in the cafe and we had like really nice like chickpeas, milks, like all essentials, basically, dried food. And we also like did leaflets um, and put them around the doors in our neighborhood in Grangetown, just to say that we would do food deliveries as well. And it was really sweet. We had like a few older people phoning up who may not have known about the cafe before and like just phoned up the number that was in the leaflet. And we did like little deliveries to them of food and um, just dropped it outside their door and they left, left left money in an envelope. It was really strange. So we did that at first um, and that was going really well. And then I think it was like midway through that week then we were like, OK, we're not going to have any people sit in the cafe now. So it's only going to be takeaway and deliveries. So I've I've got a van and one of our staff members has got a bike. So... We did bike deliveries in the nearby areas, and then I had my van to go further afield as well.
0: I mean, how how just to jump in there? How many how many deliveries? How many home visits are we talking? Like, what was the demand
1: in that week? It was really up and down. So I think on the first day when we launched it, we we didn't prep any food. We were just like, Do you know, what everyone's just going to want all the essentials. Everyone's staying at home. We're just going to be delivering dried food to everyone. And it was like one of our busiest days in the cafe on that the beginning of the week. We're like, we haven't got any food. What are we going to do? Quick, let's just make some pancakes. Oh my God, it was crazy. So at the beginning of the week, people were still coming in. And then by the Saturday, I think that was our busiest delivery day. And it was like pretty much constant, someone out delivering on the bike and I mean sales wise they didn't compare like you know they were probably half of what they would be on a normal Saturday so it wasn't as much money as we'd normally take but then there was only half a amount of staffing as well so it was a bit it was a bit funny it was busy for what we were doing especially because we're not used to doing delivery so for us we were like oh this is really weird someone phones and we've got to make it and then how do you know what time we'll get it to them by so there's trying to learn a whole different business model without having any time to do it and just being like okay we're just gonna go for it but yeah there was By the Saturday, it was busy and it had picked up. And I think that it it was making a profit and we could have continued to do that. But on the Saturday, I just decided, actually, we're just going to put staff first and we could make money by just having like one or two staff members in. We could make profit, but it just didn't feel right. I felt like what we were providing wasn't an essential service. It was very much like brunch food and cakes and, and really lovely, yummy food. But if people weren't to have it, they would have survived. So um, that's why on that Saturday then, we just felt like actually, well, I felt like, yeah, I don't want to put my staff's safety. I don't, that's more important than making profit at this time. So um, we could have continued it. But yeah, I decided not to on that Saturday. And what did that feel
0: like when you made that decision? Because I can imagine putting myself in your shoes. Yeah. I I don't know about you, but for instance, when I decided to cancel the Cardiff and the uh, Brighton Mingle, the minute I'd made that decision, I I felt fine about it. But it was that leading up to it that I felt, you know, oh, God, do I, don't I, do I, don't I. And the minute I said, right, it's it's done, I felt like, okay, that's good. But do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I felt, um, yeah, it was quite nice to just have a final decision. I think there was so much adapting you had to do every single day to being like, okay, now it's a shop, now it's a takeaway, now it's a delivery. Changing that every day was so exhausting that having a final, like, outcome, this is what we're doing, it felt, yeah, it did feel good to just know this is it. Like, obviously, it was so sad. I was, like, imagining not seeing the cafe for months, and I was like, oh, my God, i spent all of my time here. This is crazy. It was a feeling of sadness, but also, like, relief that a decision had been made. And I think it was really comforting to know that everyone was in the same situation. Like on that day, my whole timeline on Instagram was just cafe after cafe being like temporarily closed, closed for the foreseeable future. So seeing that was comforting and knowing we're not closing because we're going out of business. We're closing because everyone is closing. The whole nation is on shutdown. Like everyone's having a rest and it's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, To be honest, obviously everyone's asking how everyone is. And... Um... I literally, that's the thing that I'm taking comfort from. I think I would feel so, so much worse about this whole situation if it was just small businesses being affected, but big businesses are, every man and his dog is being affected by this. So it is that kind exactly. of, why should we be any different almost? Like we're we are, we're all in it together.
1: Yeah, I keep describing it as a, a post-capitalistic, social-leaning society right now. And describing it as that just gives me so much comfort because I'm like, nope capitalism is on pause we don't need to buy anything right now let's just all take advantage of like the government schemes there are there and just embrace in this moment like now doesn't feel like the time to hustle now isn't the time to be like trying to make profit now is just the time to look after yourself like to put your health first and the health of your staff if you have them And i think that way of looking at it gives me so much comfort
0: yeah, definitely. I mean I'm I'm looking at you now and you like you we were saying just before I pressed record,
1: like there's blue skies, you sat outside. Yeah, well I have been doing work today, but now I'm having a little read. I read a really nice novel called Animals. Yeah. So it's nice to have those pauses throughout the day to just really focus on yourself. Was it in October or November when we did the talk in Cardiff, like that was the time when I just launched the second cafe and I was like, Oh, I've got a cramp in my hand and I've got this thing wrong with me. And I was just working so much I said as well, like, oh, my God, it's taken a pandemic for me to take a week off. I think maybe we all needed that. We were all working so much that we all just needed a week off, I think. Do
0: you know what, though? Like, I think any kind of hospitality, running, running a cafe, running a restaurant, I just take my hat off to you because the hours, I mean, if even if you're a waitress in a a cafe, the hours there, it's such a demanding role. So let alone being the one running it, let alone running, being the one running too. Do you know what I mean? Like, you so deserve this break. Um, I'm interested. Yeah. Though, obviously, you obviously mentioned now it's not the time to make profit, and it's that's a completely valid point. Yeah, but I'm interested in obviously knowing having spoken to you before the overheads of the, the cafes and like the rent and all of that kind of thing. How have you yeah. kind of factored that into your plans for the next few? Weeks, months.
1: Do you know what I mean? Given that we don't know when it's going to be over. So the first thing that I did when the cafe closed, the first thing I did was delete social media and just have a few days off from it because it was so exhausting. I just didn't want to see what other people were doing. So I took that time off social media. I don't. I don't think it was even a week, but it felt like a long time. Um, (laughs) And had a few days off, and then I got my head into it and was like, now I need to look at my finances. So I just looked at all of my fixed outgoings and just thought right is there a way that I can get a break from this so I got a rent break for the Grangetown Cafe the Cate's Cafe based in the community center and um, they're closed so they said they won't be charging rent for this time because they're closed anyway and then looked at my other outgoings and just saw if there was any way of like delaying those or if we'd be able to cover them so a big I had a start loan, which I spoke about before, which um, is a big repayment every month. So I got a three-month holiday from that, which is amazing.
0: Was that because you had to call them up or email them or like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how proactive were you
1: or did they reach out to you? I um, No, I had to do that. So I emailed the people I got the loan from um, and they're like a Welsh government funded organisation. So um, there's quite a lot of like advisors, free advisors and support there. They contacted my business advisor who told me who to contact and they'd actually shut off their phone lines because they'd been so busy. So I had to email them and then um, they sent me back a form. Just um, had to say, obviously, I think they'd sent this form up to a lot of people. So you didn't even have to give a reason. It was just like, how many months do you need off? What could you repay? When could you repay? And I think the standardized thing was like a three months off. You don't pay anything for three months. And then after those three months, you just continue paying then as normal. So that was quite a big one for me. The rent was a case of me contacting the letting agents and just speaking to them about that, who then spoke to the landlord. And like, I was like really happy to negotiate something with them. So it was just there on both sides. I can't think what else, like things like bills utilities with the cafe is going to be closed so lots of them are going to be low anyway so they were okay and I'm trying to think Then I mean, obviously the staff wages was a huge one yeah that was like probably the scariest one because you've, I've got 12 members of staff um which is a lot of people are they all part-time two full-time and the rest are part-time and I think part-time ranges from like three days to like one or two um so yeah 12 members of staff who rely on you for money which was the scariest, I think, um, but I knew that I knew that the government wouldn't allow every single person in the country to be unemployed. Like it just doesn't make any economic sense for them to allow that to happen. So I was really quite optimistic that they would put a scheme in place, which they have. You know, I saw already before the announcements of the third scheme, I saw people had been laid off and people being made redundant, and I knew friends who worked for big companies who had been. Um, told they have to go on like two months unpaid leave or uh, redundancy and I was like I'm not going to do anything I'm just going to wait until a scheme is announced I was optimistic that it was and I was just really open and honest with the staff you know I was just communicating to them a lot the when we closed the cafe in Cate's I told everyone we'd, we'd be doing it in Grangetown as well and I said you know I don't know what's going to happen yet but I'm going to make sure that I do everything that I can to ensure that no one experiences any extreme hardship.
0: And how did you find that period of time, given that, you know, you didn't have the answers? And I'm guessing your team were almost looking to you for answers. I know you said, obviously, like honesty and everything, but like, did it kind of feel
1: like a natural? Yeah, I think just um, I was sending like really heartfelt emails every single day to them. Saying like any update I had um just sort of explaining what I knew and I think not allowing anyone to be in the dark was really important for that process and just saying like this is what I know right now I don't know everything like but this is what I know I think that really helped um and then also just being really personal about it like I I said to everyone like it's payday next week obviously you've already worked those hours everyone's going to get their pay next week and then going forward I wasn't sure what would happen and then as soon as I did, I'm quite lucky because my sister's an accountant and she's a very good accountant. And so every time that, you know, the most up to date information, I'd get it as soon as she had it. So that was really helpful. And then I was just passing it on to staff as soon as I knew. That's such a handy contact because everyone's kind of saying
0: they were like, yeah, I call my accountant
1: straight away. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, what's up? Like, hey, can you talk? And she's like working from home and she's got um, a baby who's two who obviously is not in nursery now. So she was like, this is the busiest time. But um, yeah, that was very handy. And we had furlough contracts to the staff, like, you know, maybe two weeks ago now, I think. Um, as soon as as soon as soon that was all released. So it was just, yeah, being really communic- communicative with them and honest and open. I gave everyone like a care package. We've got loads of dried food and any fresh food that was going off. Um, anyone who wanted to come, and of the staff who wanted to come just to pick up some food, that could be really helpful at this time.
0: I feel like you're like the best boss ever. You're just so calm. I just love it. <laughs> I would
1: feel safe if you were my boss. I feel like oh, that makes me so happy. I feel like <laughs> I feel like they're all my children. Like I'm just like, I need to look after you. Like I'm your responsibility. So I'm gonna look after you. So, like, and just information that I had, like um people can apply to have their council tax to, to be like a break for that. So I let people know about that. Let people know that you cannot be made. You know your your landlord can't evict you at this time. As making sure all the staff knew that, so I was just trying to give all the information that I had and that I was finding out about. I was just trying to make sure that all the staff knew that because the thought of knowing that a staff member was to experience any form of distress through this which just makes me so sad. I can't even remember what the question was now. I just don't
0: know. No, no, no. You, <laughs> you've rolled with it, there, it's good. I mean, I'm so aware that obviously the cafe has social goals as well. And yeah. fast forward a few weeks, you've obviously put some amazing plans in place even though the cafe's aren't shut. So, talk to me through what inspired those, like how you went about putting them into place and what, you know, what that's involved behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, it's, I think um before the cafe opened, I used to work for The Big Issue, and I've still got lots of friends who work there. And I was talking to one of my friends who worked at The Big Issue, and they were saying that the vendors can't sell at the moment. Obviously, they're unable to, to sell on the streets. So um, when they told me that, I was like, oh, my God, that makes me so sad. And I just thought, OK, you've got Big Issue vendors who are no longer have an income to buy food and I've got a cafe, there could be a link here, there's definitely a link, like what can we do? And then we didn't do anything for like a week, we just sort of discussed something brief and then a week later I was like okay let's just raise some money and let's just see if anybody needs the service. I put it on Twitter because it sort of originally stemmed from doing our community dinners as well and I was like we still need to do our next community dinner, we'll just do it on wheels. I thought oh no, one community dinner, because every month it's like one dinner a month is just not enough like we need to make sure people have got access to food every day so I thought okay instead of one community dinner in a month let's do two deliveries a week every time you prep food it can have three days to use by so if we make a soup on Monday people can eat it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday then we'll do another delivery of food on a Thursday. So it was just it was like just me having this time. And I think it shows that you have a week off and you have time. You just allow your brain to have this creativity and to, to think of different ways that you can do things. So it, it stemmed from me being like, we're going to do the community dinner. stem stemmed from me talking to my my, my friends who work at the big issue. And then all of a sudden I was like, OK, this is what we're going to do. So I put it on Twitter. This is my idea. I want to deliver food to people and also, I was really aware that I didn't want to like mirror any work that people were already doing. So I thought, oh, if this service is already in place, I don't want to just do it for the sake of it and be like, who am I going to give this food to? So I needed to make sure that there was people who would benefit from it. And one charity called Flamai got back to me. It's a wash uh, Flamai is a Welsh word which means sleep. So people who are vulnerable, young adults and women And they've got a few um, people who are in houses across South Wales and they got in touch and they said that people would really benefit from this service. We would love to work with you on this. And then also the big issue. So they're the two organisations that we're currently working with to provide that service. So it was like Friday last week and um, we are about to do like, you know, a Zoom quiz with all my family and I was like hang on I've just got to quickly launch a crowdfunder so it's just there, like hmm, on my notes on my phone like yeah I'll be five minutes just gonna launch this I think finally that's a great time to launch it so I just wrote what our plans were um we wanted to raise money to make sure that people had food we'd found out that there was definitely people who would benefit from this who currently aren't you know maybe they just fall through the cracks of services that were provided put it out and then we we got to our goal in 40 under 48 hours which was two thousand pound I just put it out as a quick quick estimate of what we would need we're a member of fair share so when we've done community dinners in the past we are a member of fair share so we get food from there quite cheaply it's you pay a fee basically to contribute to to the organization to cover their costs and then you get food which has been redistributed that would have otherwise been wasted from like supermarkets and large organizations and I knew that our costs through them aren't they're not huge so I knew we didn't have to raise a load of money and I didn't want to raise too much money and then she's like oh my god we have got like 10,000 pounds what are we going to do with it all yeah yeah just secretly plotting on the side yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we kept it relatively low but we reached the, we're over the target now in 48 hours which was amazing and um just the response was just crazy like I mean Lauren that's just so unbelievably
0: inspiring like I feel this is why I think it's what's keeping me going through all of this is the fact that, you know, there's always opportunity and it's like this, This is, it's such a, and I don't, I really don't want to um, downplay it because it's such a scary time. It really is. Like there's yep. so much that's going on that really, you know, some of the headlines are, are so heartbreaking. However... Yep it's bringing communities together and I think that I I was looking forward to this call because you know I always say every time I come to Cardiff anyway but like the Cardiff the Wales in general and especially like Cardiff community it's so close-knit and like the fact that you've decided to you know you're you're, both of your cafes are shut and you're like oh you know I'm gonna I'm gonna launch a crowdfunding campaign and help everyone like it's amazing.
1: I think I'm such a doer and I've been trying like I, I, I launched a blog as well through our uh, Wild Thing website just to keep connected through people and um, most of the things I'm talking about on there is like I'm trying to adapt to slow living I'm trying to just be and not do I'm like, no I can't I need to do something so this felt like this is me doing something also helping people which is what the cafe is about I think the cafe's naturally been shifting towards being more community focused and I was looking at changing it to be a social enterprise and I'm a bit scared to change anything right now just in case we don't get like any grants or something which are available right now. So I'm like, I'm just going to wait a minute. But um, that was my yeah. goal for the year was to, um, to, for the cafe to go more towards the social enterprise route and to be community focused and um, especially more with food. So naturally this is just happening now. You definitely nailed that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I did that thing in January where I sort of set out what I want for the year. And I, I'm a bit dubious of like visualisation and I, I did it Like there was a few things That we As an organisation we were like We would like to do A wedding this year We would like to do More like events catering We would like to be More community focused And then I think By February we were like We've done all of our goals Wow how did that happen We didn't even <laughs> We didn't even Approach anyone So um Yeah, yeah it's time like, to Clock off now <laughs> Yeah Visualisation Is the new thing I think I totally believe it now I definitely didn't before I'm a bit like you I'm always a bit Sceptical when it's like This really really
0: hardcore law of attraction However I do think that if you go into uh, situations like this with that positive outlook that some good can come off this it will yeah you know definitely
1: yeah I'm an optimistic person anyway so um I like to see the good in people and things so I think that that's really helps us right now talking about the Cardiff community we're also um there's a, another project which we've been involved with which has been set up by a Cardiff a company called Holy Yokes, and um, that's the feed the NHS project. So it's called Help the Heroes, deaf, and loads of independent food businesses in Cardiff have been volunteering their time uh, to cook up food, and that's been distributed between different hospitals in Wales, which is just incredible. I don't know how many food businesses are involved now, but I think that really highlights that is Cardiff that, spirit
0: the boxes on your Instagram of all the um, vegan dishes that were in yeah. those containers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. We,
1: yeah we did that yesterday and I think they said that's their third week of doing it now so um that's incredible as well I love that you mentioned that the you've obviously got
0: the blog going where you're sharing food recipes as well to kind of keep in touch with the wild thing customers yeah what's your advice I suppose for obviously um, you don't know when the, sh- the cafe is going to reopen. So yeah. how have you kind of gone about that communication, like in terms of tone of voice and like sussing out what your, I suppose, your audience feeling and how,
1: how, you, how are you responding to that? I think it, but before the cafe opened, I, I launched like Instagram as a blog. So that was my tone of when, so for about a year, I think I was Instagramming before the cafe even opened. And this is the things I used to do then but it was just all on Instagram. It wasn't linked to a website. So it felt like, oh, I was just going back to my roots. It felt so nice. I think the first thing I did was um, a pancakes recipe, which is our most popular dish on the menu. So, and like weirdly, I was putting pictures of like cakes and stuff. I was doing home and people were like, please give me the recipe. I want to bake. And I knew people to have time on their hand. So I thought, people have got time on their hands, people want to be in the kitchen, people can't go out to eat, so this is this is what people need right now. So I went in with like a nice safe bet of our pancakes to start and then I wanted to do things which could be really accessible for every everyone. So things like store cupboard stews we put on there, our head chefs put an amazing document of um, things that they're doing at home such as like if you have baked beans but not other types of beans you can just rinse off the liquid and then use those beans like just like little hacks eaten on a budget if people are on lower wages now or have lost their job so we wanted to keep things that were still about us and being you know using a platform to make food more accessible for everyone so it's quite a nice range I think of food we have in the cafe and then also yeah there's this sort of budget things and then as I'm saying like trying to adapt to this slow way of living like I've just been sharing that and it's sort of Funnily enough, I've got like a family WhatsApp and um, my first day of the cafe being closed, I deleted social media and I wrote um, like a note on my phone saying things to do that aren't social media. And I just put it on my, my my family WhatsApp group. My dad was like, oh, you should publish that. And I was like, great idea, I'll put it on a blog. So it was just like all, you know, when people are like, it just naturally happened. But um, yeah, and I think people are enjoying it. We're getting loads of like nice, uh, what's the word, when people interact with the post. One of our regular customers, we've got a group who come in every Friday and they come for breakfast every Friday. And one of them's an illustrator. So I contacted them being like, would you like to do some illustrations of like recipes? And then we could do like an exchange for gift vouchers for the cafe. So we've basically got free breakfast for however, however much like the value is. Oh my God, the dream. Yeah, so we did like, I was just like, okay, well. I don't have like that much money right now but we do have a cafe that they come to every week so it was like just doing an exchange that was really cool and that meant they've still got like work to do and we did like we ended up doing like half actually paying and half vouchers so that was like a nice compromise as well.
0: I mean I, saw, I did see on your website that you are offering gift vouchers as well just to kind of keep cash flow going yeah. and I've seen like a lot and stuff doing that.
1: So has that been popular? It has. And like again, that was just me seeing the cafes were doing that. And I was like, oh I probably should do that. Everyone's going to be doing that. And like loads of people have messaged me. Someone messaged me before I know they're like, I live in London. I'm sure I'll be in Cardiff one day. Can I get a voucher? like, that is so kind. Yeah. I think it's been really helpful with loads of people saying, It's my friend's birthday. I can't go out to buy them anything, but they love your cafe. So that's, like, for them, it just solved their problem of not being like, able to go out and shop as well. So it's like, yeah, of course, I like, got email over
0: now. Yeah, that's the thing. I think people really have rallied around, like, especially, like, the foodies because, you know, everyone, my partner and I were just saying the other day, I miss going out. The thing that I miss most is going out for coffee. Coffee and, like, just, because it's such an experience, isn't it? It's, like, it's my favourite thing to do. Yeah. Um, I don't need a fancy restaurant, but a good cup of coffee and a nice, like, indie. Um, cafe is my favorite thing and it's just so heartwarming to see how people are really rallying around so many businesses like yours I do know what I also I follow Rachel Burgess on Instagram
1: and every morning I see her like doing photos where she's tried to replicate because normally she comes in most mornings right yeah yeah she's part of the Friday morning breakfast crew
0: yeah (laughs) no I love that and okay so I don't. I want to. I don't want to be the doom and gloom one. But okay. going forward, yeah. Given that we don't know, you know, how long is this is going to go on for. Yeah. What What are your overarching? Do you have any kind of concerns that you have got in the back of your mind that you're just watching out for? Because I mean, by the sounds of it, I think this is quite a nice um, episode because you do seem really in control, clear head. You, you you're sus. Which
1: yeah. Is nice. I think. Um... Do you know what? I know this sounds really badly. I should admit this. I'm, I'm not that concerned right now. I think we we've got a really clear direction of what we're doing. I think we've got you know the crowd funders been really good. We've got enough money to make sure that we're able to carry on. Um, you know that community service that we we set up to do. So that means we're active. We're doing things right now. It's that thing like I don't want to think too much about the future because I think that would just for me, I, I I'm not very good at doing that anyway. I'm not very good at being looking too far into the future. So, and I think if I were to do that, like it's so uncertain, it's not like you can look at if you were to look normally. Okay, we're gonna look at the future and try and plan our sales for the next few months by looking at last year. So you can't do that because this has never happened before. So, I think like being that kind of like a logical side of my brain. I know that I can't predict what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen, so I'm just sort of going with it for now. I
0: love that. I had a I had a wobble the other day where it kind of dawned on me. It sounds really silly. I think it took about two and a half weeks for it really to kind of sink in. But I remember yeah. when it started, like the the mingle was being cancelled, and like when it the week after that, when we went into lockdown, I was so mm. calm. I kind of can like really relate to what you're saying for me it was very much like we don't know what's going to happen but I trust mm-hmm. myself that I'll make it work whatever happens Absolutely. whatever the circumstances are we'll I'll deal with it and it's
1: that kind Definitely. of just wrong with it? yeah and I think knowing that how we reacted in that that last week before like the lockdown was announced for me knowing that every single day me and my team were able to change our business structure every single day to adapt I know that in future when the cafe reopens if when the cafe reopens no one's got any money to eat out or or everybody wants to stay at home I know that when we face it we'll just be able to adapt in the way that we have done before I'm really not worried about the cafe reopening I'm excited for it to reopen whenever that is and you know I'm not going to say 100% it'll look the same as how it did before because we don't know what the future is going to be but I'm really confident that However, it does look, we'll be able to adapt.
0: I love that. Obviously, um, you've obviously mentioned that it's given you some time, like some clarity and like that you've had the week to really take some time out. Mm. How in general are you using that time out um, other than, you know,
1: launching a crowdfunding campaign? But how are you looking after yourself, work aside? I've realised that I definitely need to have a better work-life balance that, that everyone talks about. And I want to sort of bring some of those with me in the future when the cafe reopens. But um, I've been keeping like my early bedtime because I wake up early to bake in the cafe. I'm normally in bed by nine. So I've tried to keep that. So I'll go to bed about half nine, ten now. And then I normally naturally wake up about six. So going to bed early and like having all of the lavender to help me sleep and a sleepy tea. Like lavender pillows, for everything. Like that is my one thing I need to go to bed early. I've joined my yoga studio that I normally go to. I've done like an online community and you pay like, I think it's like £30 a month. Then you get like videos every day and they've got a Facebook group. It's so lovely. So I'm doing yoga every day. I don't live in Cardiff now. I live just outside and there's lots of lovely walks like from my house. So just going for my walk every day, being in the garden as much as possible eating three amazing like vegan healthy meals every day is so good like just taking time to eat my porridge in the morning and then like making meals for my family and just yeah I think eating well going to bed early doing yoga and going outside has um yeah and reading like all of the all of the good things basically I've got time to do but like there it's
0: a simple things isn't it and it, it sounds so cliche saying it but honestly like good food and exercise and just some time yeah. out totally and blooming sleep oh my yeah,
1: goodness yeah
0: sleep is the best <laughs> it's so crazy i i had such a weird like night of sleep last night and i'm i um for some reason for having such crazy vivid dreams recently and like it really today i feel that impact of having a bad sleep like sleep is so yeah. i Well, I feel foggy and I hate it. It's like
1: proper sleep is so important. Yeah, totally.
0: Okay, once we are out the other side, then Lauren, um, how are you going to reward yourself
1: once we can socialise again, we can see each other? What are you going to do? Well, me and my sister were supposed to be going on holiday, I think like this week or, yeah, bank holiday, whenever that was. We were supposed to go to Portugal and it would have been my first holiday in two years. So we're going to rearrange that. We were discussing it this morning and she was looking at it and she can get like a BA voucher or something. So we're going to rearrange our flight and we will still go on our holiday. And just like, you say, I'm just so excited to go to a cafe and just sit there with a flat white and just be like, wow, this is so good. I'm in a cafe. I'm just here. And like, just really be mindful in that moment. I'm just looking forward to like, just seeing people again and like, like being able to hug someone. I can't wait to like, hug my friends and like my family and my niece and like everyone and just to see them and, and have contact with people I think I went to my friend the other day and he was saying like he quite often um after work likes to just see no one and have his own time and just do nothing and he's like when this is over I just want to see everyone all of the time I'm never staying in my house ever again so I think just like really reconnecting with people and um yeah just just hugging I'm gonna hug everyone
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're all gonna tend to like sloppy there's so much love yes (laughs) um but no I, I wholeheartedly agree I love that thank you so much Lauren that was such a great chat I honestly take my hat off to what you've achieved and how you've adapted and just how genuinely calm and reassuring you are to chat to so thank you oh thank you Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the She Can, She Did podcast. It really, really does mean a lot. If you happen to enjoy it, it would mean so much to me if you could please rate and review the series because rumour has it, it helps to boost the podcast in the charts, which allows more female founders and aspiring business owners to find it. For now, though, I really, really hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening once again, and please do look out for tomorrow's episode.